transmission incoming. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show. Let's do it. Episode 0080, your Potable Picture Show 2016 Oscar Preview. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae. I'm here to tell you this podcast may contain adult-type language, so be aware. We are not covering any specific movie This week in feature presentation, we will be running the gamut of the 2016 Oscar nominees. We have a Beer Bones podcast. We have Heathen on the News, and we have Beer Maker Matt and Cocktail Corner. So let's head up to the VIP booth at the top of the cantina and get today's show started. Here I am at the top of the cantina in the VIP booth, trying not to cough, trying to catch my breath because he then criticizes me every time I have to clear my throat, even though she does it constantly in the most important dialogue of the most dramatic scene of every single movie. Speaking of (laughs) heathen, she is sitting to the left of me. She is going to give her take on her recommendations for best documentary in the 2016 Academy Awards. I will indeed, but it won't be bare-boned. Her name is Ethan. Hello. She likes her bones covered in sheepskin. Joining me across from me on the big boy's couch, one that's seen lots of miles, he's wearing a He-Man Calvin and uh, Hobbes t-shirt, and his name is Beer Maker Matt. <laughs> And I'm not riding the couch bareback. <laughs> I uh, I couldn't remember the name of Hobbs there for a minute. <laughs> are you a, are you a Calvin and Hobbs fan, Heathen? Uh, sure. Are you a He-Man fan? Mm. Were you a, were you a She-Ra girl? She-Ra fan. Yeah, she had a pretty she had a pretty fly outfit. Although He-Man had a pretty good outfit too. I, I, but I don't know how comfortable fur underwear could be. Sounds and pretty comfortable to me. I don't really know what the cross thing is that he wore on the front, other than maybe it was just to carry a sword on the back, which I don't know. Not the most practical It would have outfit. to be a real fur, not a faux fur, because a faux fur might, might be kind of scratchy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, either way, I am not sure. So we are covering the 2016 Oscars. Uh, we do not have a secret word this... Well, we do, if you guys say it. I was trying to re- listen to the podcast last week because I thought someone may have said the uh, secret word last week. It was probably me. Well, we'll see. I did re-listen to the horrible quiz and the horrible Mad Libs, but yeah. I, uh, <laughs> if, the fe- if, the, if the secret word was spoken, it probably would have been in feature presentation. 
What else do I have to talk about? How about this day in film history? In film history! Born February 24th. Is today the 24th already? Boy, how time flies. Yes. Born in 1991. That's when I was a freshman in high school. That means he's 25 years old today. Is that right? That seems unusual. His name is O'Shea Jackson, playing Ice Cube in the film Straight Out of Compton, son of Ice Cube. Happy birthday, O'Shea. You did not get nominated. <laughs> Good luck next time. <laughs> All right, Heathen. <laughs> but uh, you ready to do some news? switch to a, the old I don't know what happened. All my sounds have been wiped out. They've been wiped off the face of the earth and I did not back them up. <laughs> I think you did it on By the way, if you guys hear the sound about hitting a baby similar to this, uh, that's that's fine to hit this baby. Drink along with us at home. And you too, heathen. <laughs> I'm drinking a big old cup. Alright, on with your news. Unnamed Academy voter spoke out regarding his or her distaste for Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in The Revenant. Didn't something like this happen last year? They stated, I rule out Leonardo immediately because it's a ridiculous performance. They are running his campaign based on how hard it was to make the movie, right? I'm tired of hearing about it. That's what he gets paid for. I mean, it was not Nanook of the North, for Christ's sake. Give me a break. He's got millions of dollars, and I would assume that they had heaters. The fact that he's never won before, he's a young man. He He still has time. This particular voter eventually would go on to assert his or her belief that Eddie... Redmayne. Redmayne should win for his role in The Danish Girl. I agree with that. Let's let's hold off on conversation of that till later on. The honor of being the highest paid Oscar nominee belongs to none other than Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. According to Forbes, the 25-year-old Lawrence banked $52 million in 2015. The only other actor to pocket more than her last year was Robert Downey Jr., who took home the eye-watering sum of $80 million thanks to his Marvel yeah, I was going to say, based on basically one movie where Jennifer Lawrence had to be in several... Let's save this discussion for later. <laughs> just... We're talking about, talking about money, not award merit. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, with just 40 employees and 48 months of history as a production company, A42 is clearly overjoyed with having received just a nomination, let alone the prospect of actually winning a Oscar um, for the Room movie. They're talking about how they cleverly released the movie. Um, They premiered it at the Telluride Film Festival. And then they slowly rolled it out to from 300 to 900 theaters over the course of 13 weeks. And that doesn't mean anything. They tried doing the same thing with uh, Steve Jobs, and it didn't pick up any steam. 
Well, I think that they're saying that that's part of the reason why it got a lot of the kind of uh, recognition or... Got I'm just so saying it, does, it doesn't work for every movie, though. Uh, what does history say about Room's chances of causing an upset? Only Nothing. Three occasions over the past 25 years has the best actress been from the Best Picture winner. And this would be The Silence of the Lambs, Jodie Foster, Shakespeare's <coughs> In Love, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Million Dollar Baby, Hilary Swank. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really put those together. I would say maybe a better thing is how many Oscar movies that had a female lead have won, which is pretty much the same same list. I don't think it really matters who won Best Actress. All right, Heathen, thank you for your news. It was very good. I would like to talk more about it once we get into feature presentation. Sorry, where we I was could, being all willy-nilly with my news. Where we could get into really the meat of it. Those are some great discussion points. Now we're going to head into Cocktail Corner. <laughs> Heathen, you have a new phone. You should take some photographs. I see America drinking. The fabulous cocktail. Yeah, I, I see someone drinking. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink! Here we are in Cocktail Corner. Beer maker Matt is doing some mental mathematical manipulations in his mind cave. <laughs> as he has to adjust for the large quantities in his recipe down to just yeah when one of your ingredients is one gallon of orange juice (laughs) i did not bring one gallon of orange juice is this like a jungle this is about one it's a cauldron he said it comes in a cauldron he's making a was i talking to you i don't know you were looking at me and i answer all questions really uh beer maker matt is making a drink themed we saw the witch last night and we will not be dis. well we could discuss it while we drink while are you sure we shouldn't save that for another time? Shut up. <laughs> we could, while well, Matt muscles away at his Midori. I like all these inwards. <laughs> I am uh, going to hit a baby. <laughs> That's fine to hit this baby. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Midori is made for women and you can't even get it open. Midori oh. is made for... If I was a black porn star that was a hermaphrodite my name would be Midori Midori McRae <laughs> hello my name is Midori McRae I'll be providing your penis and vaginal service in this scene I don't understand you at all so beer maker Matt is pouring in we've got three highball glasses and beer maker Matt is pouring in about an ounce-ish of I definitely don't want that one next to you Midori into each glass and then he's reaching into his bag of tricks. And then, and then. And he's opening up the absolute. This is your absolute original. No flavors around here. We've already got the Midori. What's this drink called, Beer Maker Matt? Uh, Witch's Brew. Witch's Brew. <laughs> there, there are several drinks that are Witch's Brew, and this is going to be one of them. <laughs> it's a green Witch's Brew. I saw red Witch's, witch's Brews. I saw 
blue witches. Well, they're all different, just like in that uh, game um, Gauntlet. You know, the different potions do different things. Some are healing potions. So the green witch's brew, I believe, makes you horny. Because that's what the color green does. Or maybe it makes you jealous. That's what I was going to say. Or. I'm so jealous you get the fucker I want to. Maybe it does both. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Why do you always get the fucker? And now he's got the Rayleigh's brand club soda. Or if you're on the East Coast where they don't have Rayleigh's, you might pronounce it rallies. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's not the first time Beer Maker Matt squirted on the big boy's couch. And that's not a lie. But the good thing is, is club soda's good at taking out those stains. You gotta dab it. Don't rub it in. That's what I say after every facial. Does anybody know the difference between, like, club soda and tonic water? Yeah, tonic, tonic water has quaninine in it. Yeah. Quaninine? Really quaninine. No, it's not. I don't like it. Although, tonic... Uh, there tonic is, water is kind of sweet, though. Well, it's it's kind of, it's minerally that quaninine, quaninine. I don't know. There's there's a thought behind it. I think that that word I'm mispronouncing. I think in in certain um, doses is poisonous, sort of like apple seeds and cinnamon. No, nutmeg. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. It's like specifically designed to go with some drinks. Or to disguise something. I'm probably fictionalizing all of this history. All right. It's not, you. Not mixed, but. Here you go, heathen. Have some. It's nice. It goes from a nice uh, pussy yellow to a <laughs> vibrant, life giving green. Oh, heathen got the one with the I was thinking green. antifreeze. I like, I like how it's layered. I like how it's layered. All right, let's have a. What, do you, what would you like to drink to? Doing it to Black oh Phillip yeah, I'd like to drink to Black Philip <laughs> from the movie The Witch. I'd have sex with a goat. <laughs> That's a wonderful cock. Wait, I have a toast. Cheers. Black Philip. What wilt thou want? What what, what? what thou desires? What do the, What did I have to give? I've got my big black. Okay. <laughs> he that didn't see the witch. She doesn't know that scene. She lives it every day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do you think of your cocktail, Heathen? It's good. It'll be interesting once, because I've got soda on top. Yeah. And it would be nice to be mixed up. Mine's a little bit mixed. Mm. I like my drinks like I like my women. Mixed. All mixed up. I like a little bit of Eskimo, a little bit of Samoan, a little bit of bipolar, <laughs> a little bit of employed. All right, I don't have any games. I'm done with this tomfoolery. <laughs> Let's go into feature presentation.
So I've got a smattering of Oscar facts. I don't have that many. Uh, in the past, I have written Oscar quizzes for our uh, meetup party, which we're not doing this year. Yeah, we are. We're doing a pop-up one. Well, it's not A really, pop-up event. It's not really a party. You know what? It's a Shut gathering. Up. We're having an Oscar <laughs> we gathering. We do not need to discredit <laughs> So here's a smattering of Oscar facts for you guys. Jump in at any time if you find one or more interesting. Can you take your mouth away from the microphone? For playing the role of Katherine Hepburn in Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, Kate Blanchett became the first actress to win an Academy Award by playing another Academy Award winner. Wow. That must be difficult. The first Academy Awards, which took place at a private dinner for about 270 people, were presented in 1929 in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Catherine Bigelow became the first woman in history to win the Best Director Award for her film The Hurt Locker in 2009. Three of the most successful films in Oscar history are Ben-Hur, Titanic, and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, with each winning 11 Oscars. The Oscar statuette that he then talked about last week in her news about melting down Russian gold for Leonardo DiCaprio. The real statuette stands 13.5 inches tall and weighs about 8.5 pounds. It's a heavy little gold dude. Since 1950, Oscar winners cannot officially sell their statuette without first offering it back to the Academy for a dollar. Just so you know, that's probably why Kuba Gooding Jr. had to take that FX role. Because he couldn't sell his his Jerry Maguire award. Um, Due to metal shortages during World War II, the Oscar statuettes were made of plaster for three years. So if you won an Oscar during those three years, then you pretty much suck. Who wants a plaster Oscar? That pretty much probably just looks like a dildo. Which you can't really use because plaster dildos would probably really suck. Mm Mm-hmm. They give you scratches. Due to, I'm sorry, during the earlier ceremonies, the statuettes presented were gold-plated solid bronze. Within a few years, the bronze was replaced with a Britannia metal, a pewter-like alloy, which is then plated in copper, nickel, silver, and finally, 24-karat gold. A little bit about the best picture, because that's sort of the crown jewel of the Academy Awards. That's the one that comes last. So, as I I mentioned, I watched the first... um, Oscar winner for Best Picture Wings from 1928. And originally that that title um, was called Outstanding Picture. Well, actually, when it first came out, um, and I probably should have saved this for later when we talk about Best Picture, they used to have two awards for best, basically Best Picture. Um, at the first Academy Awards uh, that included movies from 1927 and 28 because they used to cover two years, There were two categories that were seen as equally the top award. One was called Outstanding Picture, and the other one was called Unique in Artistic Production. The previous uh, being won by the movie uh, Wings and the later by the art film Sunrise. Both awards were intended to honor different and equally important aspects of superior filmmaking. Before we get into our nominees, I want to talk about award shows uh, in general, and this one specifically. A lot of people or against award shows, and some for different reasons besides this year with the racial things, is people think that you shouldn't, not just film, but but music, they think that you shouldn't um, 
try to rate creativity, saying like this creative thing is better than that creative thing. And in some, in some ways, I agree with that. And one of the reasons I like the Golden Globe is they have best comedy, basically, and they have best action. And because I don't really think it's fair to compare those two, even though some of the movies that were in there, I don't think necessarily fit in there. I think like um, Matt da- Damon, I think was nominated for best actor in a comedy or something like that for The Martian which I wouldn't really call a comedy, but it's not, I don't know. It's just where they wanted to put it. But it's, it's I, I, I do think it's difficult to compare, um, you know, especially when we get into like best picture. I mean, they're all completely different. How, what is, what is the best picture? We can talk a little bit about that um, in a moment. And the, just before I turn it over to you guys for a little bit, the other thing I wanted to say about award shows, why I think they're good though, is I do think it's nice. I think people especially uh, people that aren't like the main actors, say like the editors and sound design people and effects people, it's kind of their moment to be recognized, even if only nominated. They don't normally get seen that much. I know stunt guys and awards and FX, they do have their own special award shows. But there's hundreds of people that work on a film, and I think it's nice that they put in all this work and they get some recognition out of it besides, you know, the audience just saying Leonardo DiCaprio or... Or some movie and it's you know especially if you get nominated it's it's exciting i think for people to come out and say wow this was we we worked really hard on that and it's nice to be nominated now i you know as i said going against competing and whatever maybe that's not the right thing to look at it they're all winners but anyway heathen and matt what do you guys think about award shows in general are they good are they bad we can talk specifically about the oscars um as well I think to a certain extent, yeah, when you're talking about things like composition, so was everything, you know, executed, you know, with like the utmost, um, I don't, I don't want to use the word like precise, but, you know. You're talking about a specific award or a specific movie or? Just, and it, well, you, you were talking about award shows in mm-hmm. general. Okay. Because, um, I mean, with movies, it is you know, very personal. Some people, you know, are only going to like, like you're saying, like dramas. Some people mm-hmm. are only going to like comedies and everybody's going to have their own opinions. Um, so I think when you are doing an award show, it's got to be down to, yeah, like the basically how it was put together, how it, how it was designed, so how everything kind of came together. Hayden, what do you think about award shows? Um, well, I think they've gotten a little over the top. A little maybe out of control, just across the board. What I think they're taken a little too seriously. I think it needs to be a, a more of a celebration of everybody's efforts throughout mm-hmm. the year. And maybe more of a, of a recognition than um, kind of where they've gone to at this point. But I do enjoy them. Yeah, so... A lot of people are very anti-award shows, especially the Oscars. The Oscars is, um, I think, maybe movies, possibly more than music. People are very opinionated. Um, it's interesting to me sometimes when, say, a movie gets pretty much universally recognized as being a good movie, like um, uh, Fury Road or um, Spotlight that we just saw that someone will come out and just say, well, that, like, one guy posted that he walked out, he said, I've only walked out of, like, two movies in my life, and I walked out on the spotlight. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. 
And I just think that that's kind of interesting. But I don't watch the Oscars in particular, but most award shows in general. I don't watch the Oscars thinking about who who I think should win. It's more about... It's a game, like the poll. Like, like you pick who you think the Academy is going to pick. Of course, you have your favorites, and we can talk a little bit about that. But going back into history, there's a lot of films that have won, say, Best Picture or something, that even a short time later... one, one Like a recent example, a lot of people think Dances with Wolves was way overrated when it came out and won all these awards, and most people say it's one of the worst Best Pictures winners of all time uh there's just a lot of movies that don't hold up and that's going when you go with voting i mean when you look at people that vote in the united states people that vote on anything these people that vote they're not geniuses and as a matter of fact a lot of these guys that vote for the um oscars they don't see all the movies even though they're given screeners and things like that and they're going to have their preferences too you know, someone, as you talked about in your news, someone is just not going to like Leonardo DiCaprio and refuse to vote for him. Um, what is I have a statistic here. It's from like a year ago. And it's stuff that people already know. But the this is a statistic regarding the uh, voters on the awards. 94% of Oscar voters are white. 76% are men and an average of 63 years old. So that demographic's going to have a... Sp- more of a specific type of movie that they probably like. Um, you know, they might like something like The Revenant more than they like something like The Danish Girl. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that kind of one side as, as I would... And it's what they keep talking about. It is getting younger, um, a little bit younger each year, and they keep trying to market the Oscars themselves as far as a viewing audience to a younger crowd. But I would say even when it's younger, these guys are still going to be probably 10, 15 years older at least than, you know, the average target that they're trying to reach. The Viewer Choice Awards, I think, are like the worst award show. Mm -hmm. To me, it goes along with, um, this is a little off, off topic a little bit, but I don't like... I love what my favorite, I don't really like all-star games in any sport, but my favorite one is the NBA all-star game. But my biggest problem with it is it's voted on by the fans. So every year you get players that suck. They're just really popular. You get players that were hurt all year. Like you've had, you know, you have Kobe that was voted in every year. You had Michael Jordan voted in at the end of his career when he was scoring like four points a game. It was like 100 pounds overweight. I just don't think that fans are good at choosing what's good for them. That's why I think we should go back to a a Roman Republic, <laughs> because I don't think people know what's good for them. I'm so like, why Trump is still in the running? Yeah, he won Nevada. I'm like, what? Well, I, I could predict Nevada choosing Trump, but anyway, it it's still just saying just because someone is a voter for you know in the Oscars, it doesn't mean they know what they're doing. Just like when I say, as just a because whole, as a country. I think we're smarter than that, but obviously we're not, and, so I'm really surprised. And just because, as I said before, just because someone went to school and got a degree in something doesn't mean that they know shit about it. So it's people, people they've done psychological experiments showing that uh, as, as people um, in general, not just Americans, that we're very quickly to follow what we deem as an authority figure. Let me let me jump into some of the nominees. I'm gonna go. Uh, so I've got the official ballot 
that I printed off of Oscars.com or something. I'm going to go backwards a little bit on here, and we'll spend more time on some and less time on others. Writing for original screenplay. Our nominees here are Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, and Straight Outta Compton. The only, uh, as I joked about earlier, actually Saturday Night Live did a joke about how all these black films had white people nominated from them. Um, one thing that I was going to would have been a good segment for this is best films that weren't nominated for anything because Ex Machina was a pretty good one. I think Prisoners from a year ago or so was a good one. I think it's hard to vote on the screenplay ones because you are guessing. I, I, I don't think that they send out screenplays to all of the um, voters. Maybe they maybe they do. I should probably research that. But if they're if they're picking it just based on the movie they watched, I think it's hard to exactly tell how good the screenplay was. Some screenplays obviously are good, and you can tell from the script. But if you've read like a Quentin Tarantino script, not just the movie, it's the way he writes. Um, the, the the way they write is very fun to read. For this one is just a guess on who I thought would win would be Inside Out. I thought that the screenplay was probably written pretty well. I know Bridge of Spies was written by the Coen brothers, but wasn't particularly impressed with anything about the movie. That's just me. Ex Machina I thought was an interesting idea. I don't know how good the screenplay could be to that. I and think with a uh, sci-fi thriller like that, that's it's got to be pretty well thought out and intricate spotlight i'm kind of surprised is in the original screenplay category because i thought it was based off of a book i mean obviously it's based off of a true story and a bunch of articles straight out of compton is possible will win just based out of on guilt even though it's a white guy and but i don't know i think inside out to me was was a good good story any thoughts on any of those screenplays how often has a animation been nominated for best screenplay? Animations don't usually get nominated or win anything. Um, a couple Pixar movies have been nominated for best movie, but I don't I don't know if uh, if an animation has ever been picked for a, a screenplay. Again, if if Inside Out does win, I think it'll be one of those um, same thing with. Uh, I think it might be like that Leonardo DiCaprio like guilt feeling like, well, we should pick the cartoon to win because it didn't win for anything else and cartoons don't win. Because voters do vote that way. I mean, it seems like that's... I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to the Leonardo DiCaprio thing and why I think that he's going to win. I think it's going to be based on voter guilt. They do this, again, going back to um, sports with all-star games. I feel like voters say, well, this guy hasn't hasn't won for a while. Let's give him... Actually, they do it when it comes to like the MVP awards. They won't give it to like LeBron James every year because they're like, well, he's won it for three years. Let's just give it to another guy that wasn't as good just because, you know, he plays too. So I am <laughs> um, going to look up what your question and you can read the uh, second one there, the adapted screenplay. So for writing adapted screenplay, you've got The Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, the Martian and Room. Um, I think the only one on there that I actually watched was The Martian, The Big Short. I did like. Uh, I mean, I like. I I like The Martian as a book, and I think the screenplay adaptation was pretty damn close to it. I haven't. I mean, I have no idea. I had no idea that you know 
Brooklyn or Carol or the room where books before, but yeah, so that's hard too. So I don't know if you're basing it on the screenplay itself or how well they adapted it because I picked The Martian also because I thought it was a very good adaptation yeah. from the book, even though I didn't finish it. Although I have not read any of those other things. What's the next category? Or hand it over to Heath and she could read the next category. What's the next one? Visual effects, I think. Uh, Ex Machina, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. So best effects. This one, I think, is, is hard to pick, and I don't really know. Probably Star Wars is going to win but just because it's Star Wars, but I would say probably Mad Max would be the best one just remembering. Um, yeah, I was going to say that Star Wars is always up there. Lucasfilm, even though he's not directly involved with it, Lucasfilm has always been pretty groundbreaking with their effects. Um, this award for me personally, again, going against who what I want to win and who I think will win, I think is, is difficult because I think with what Mad Max did with the budget that they had and as we, as Matt and I have both talked about, that they used a lot of practical effects, I think is a lot more impressive than throwing a bunch of money and CGI at something. What were what were the other ones in Ex Machina, and what were the other ones on there? The Martian, Revenant. You know, Martian. I could see why it's nominated. They were recreating Mars, but you know, not that much else. Yeah. And and Revenant, I think, had a, you know good production value, but. And, and, and cinematography, but um, I think which went along with some of the effects, but I mean, it's nothing on well, I think Mad Max or... Yeah, because I think with each one of them, they're looking at, well, sorry, with something like Revenant, Revenant they're looking at very specific things like the bear scene, Star Wars, um, yeah, some of their visual effects with like the, the outer space effects. Martian, I, I the rockets would probably be the only thing that I can think of that would be heavy on the, the visual effects. I'm trying to look up uh, some of these awards still. Sorry, it's 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 hard to uh, to talk and look. Um, I know that animation has been nominated for... This is specifically Pixar. Yeah. Um, Are we going to talk about the short films? Best, best songs, best sound editing. Um, don't see anything for screenplay. There was something else I was looking up. Go ahead and do... Uh, is that the next category? Jumping around. Okay, well, pick pick one. Um, there's short film animated since we saw the Oscar shorts. Okay. Um, Bear Story, Prologue, Sanjay, Super Team, We Can't Live Without Cosmos, and World of Tomorrow. So we all saw the Oscar shorts this past weekend. It's something that we usually do, and it was quite fun. Did you have a favorite out of those? Do you think to win, or do you do you have one that you think will win, or do you one that you um, want to win, or are well, they the I same thing? In the Manhattan shorts for Bear Story, and it made it to the Oscar shorts, so I'm gonna stick with that one. I think sticking with your kind of political agenda on what they would pick, I think that would probably be a good choice as well. Well, the Manhattan shorts, we actually got to vote, and those were the ones that would go to the Oscars, right? It's just voting. I mean, we voted on these two. They just go to the radio station. It doesn't do anything. No, the the Manhattan one was actually live voting. It was? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, the... Then the short film live action was Ava Marie... Day one, everything will be okay. Shock, 
I want to go back to the animated shorts. Sorry. I didn't realize that we were going on. I'm sorry. So every year that we see the animated shorts, at least the last... So last year... Um, what what was the animated short that won last year? Was it... Oh, it was, it was the Pixar one, right? Feast, about the dog. Mm-hmm. And then the year before that was Paper Man, which was Disney. So, you know, Disney does everything very, very well. They can pay the best people in the world. Um but one thing I mentioned after this shorts is even though the, 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 their short wasn't necessarily bad, I think it was kind of a letdown from what I expect from Pixar. Well, I think it was, yeah, meant to be more political as opposed to... Yeah, that's what I sort of felt is like we've got to reach another audience. But it just wasn't... I mean, I had a good story. It was a father-son bonding, basically. It was still a universal theme, but um, I don't, you know not as universal as like last year if, if it was that movie one that won last year with feast is is love is way more um well i wouldn't say it's way more but it's it's pretty universal well, we're talking about sanjay by yeah. the way yeah, yeah no, yes was, sanjay yeah. super team yeah. i thought it was cute yeah i'm not saying it was bad I, I i liked it it's just you know like i said anytime i see disney or pixar i'm ready to get my my socks knocked off and my socks weren't knocked off um, so go so go on to the uh, uh, again the uh, regular shorts you were saying the short film live action was Ava Maria Ava Maria Ava Maria um, day one everything will be okay shock and stutter so I thought in general the live action and the shorts weren't as good this year as last year um, it's hard for me for the live action shorts. I think that the la- uh, what's it called day one is that what is that what it's called day one? Mm-hmm. I think that one will win, but none of them. I mean, some I definitely thought were better than others. I thought the first one, a- Ava Maria or whatever, Ava Maria. I didn't think that one was that good. I was like, how could someone driving in the middle of the desert with nothing around run into a statue and a bunch in of the other things? Of the parking lot, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think politically, I. I would say that um, Stutter would probably win just because it is probably the lightest besides Ave Maria of the, the shorts. Um, uh. Again, I voted in the Manhattan for Shock, so I'm going to stick with that. That would be my second pick, I think. I think the acting in that was, was, was done pretty yeah. well. I thought it had a pretty good story arc. Um, I... I you know, they talked about this with, with uh, 12 Years a Slave and some other movies. Is a movie that's very um, important is and kind of graphic or emotionally disturbing, is that going to attract someone? And they're going to say, well, that's very heavy. Is that going to be an, that's an Oscar winner? Or is it going to have the opposite effect of like, well, I didn't really care for that. That was a little bit too much. You know, that was not saying that this was nearly as violent or 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 hard to watch as 12 year, 12 years a slave but that was a argument in the past I mean, it, it was a very i think a very precise um kind of violence that they they put into this so it was you know it wasn't like the whole thing was gory and violent it was building up to a very short <laughs> like two second uh you know violent point in the movie um, that was shock is probably the one that I would have picked personally, but um, like I said, I think politically uh, they would probably go with something like stutter, which was to me kind of very predictable. But 
It was... It was good. It was a little bit lighter. Here's a note about who can vote. Voters must be members of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Initial voting is restricted to members of the Academy branch concerned. For instance, when the first wave of ballots is mailed out, all members of the Academy, only directors may nominate other directors. So that's the first part when it talks about nominating. So that, that makes sense that writers pick writers, directors pick, pick directors. Once the first round of voting is done and the field has been narrowed down to more than no more than five nominees in each category, except for the Best Picture category, then all members of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Science are allowed to vote. So at least that nomination process, and that, that, that helps a little bit. We are on... Uh, that's, oh. that's fine to hit this baby. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> All right, so we are on to... So we are on sound mixing and sound editing. And here's a little description about the difference. Because when this award comes up, people often ask me, the uh, what the difference is and I usually bullshit some answer that is entirely true but this might give you guys at home a better answer so the two categories often overlap but there is a distinction to be drawn between the awards sound editing refers to the creation of all the sound elements besides music included in the movie this includes sound effects ADR um, among other things so basically, it's the whole soundscape of the film. Sound mixing refers to the mixing of those elements together, just sort of like best editing. Um, one way, and this is what editor Eric Adal, this is how he explained it. He said, one way to think about it is kind of like an orchestra, where you'll have the composer composing the symphony, and then a conductor saying, more flutes here. And that's very much what mixing is. It's like conducting. So some examples, this is from last year. This explains why in Whiplash, a film with marvelous sound mixing but few elements that were not recorded live on set is nominated for Best Sound Mixing, but not Sound Editing. It also explains why The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies, which featured countless sound effects, is nominated for Best Sound Editing, but not Sound Mixing. So, we don't have to spend a lot of time on sound editing and sound mixing. I'll just read through them, say anything if you want. Sound editing that is all of the um all of the sounds like the soundscape of a film so to speak so we have mad max the martian revenant sicario and star wars and because for me because it's the creation of sounds i'm gonna go with star wars star wars i think always has the greatest sound effects i don't i'm not sure that the martian had i don't recall the sound in The Martian, really. It seemed like a quiet Yeah, because on Mars, movie. it's got to be pretty much void of sound. And then sound mixing. This is, again, the, the editing of the sounds together. Bridge of Spies, Mad Max, The Martian, Revenant, and Star Wars. I don't know. If you guys have anything to say about either one of those, I think, unless you're an audio engineer and you're really looking at things. I mean, for me, I'm thinking I liked the sound in The Revenant, the way it was mixed. I like when the arrows were flying through in the beginning. Yeah. But production design. So the overall look of a film. We've got Bridge of Spies, The Danish Girl, Mad Max, The Martian, and The Revenant. So out of those films, Heathen, was there any film that you th thought was, you know, the production team made it look like a, a nice world, a good world, that they did a lot of work to make it look authentic and you believed it? 
Uh, Bridge of Spies, Danish Girl, Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant. I really liked The Danish Girl. Um, I think, you know, one of the reasons I was looking out for, for production and design on that, too, is because someone pointed out that that's one of the reasons they like the movie. Um, I Yeah, she did say that, and it was definitely a pretty movie. Very pretty, and I think, especially if you're going to have a male um, portraying a female... They did phenomenal. Well, that's more about that's. I don't know how much that has to do with production well, design. So you definitely were immersed in. I was in the movie. I I forgot that he was a male, <laughs> and that's part of the production. I think. Well, that's yeah, that's the production that made you feel that way, not the acting or the directing. I it, well, I think it was kind of all of it. It it's it's all of it. You can't. It all has to be there in order for you to really lose yourself. If there's one part missing, you can kind of forgive that and go, well, just let that go um, and and go there anyway. But I, I, I feel like that movie didn't really miss anything. Well, let me ask you this. So what is harder if, if you're going off of... You know, something it is more of like a period piece where you have something that you can reference. It's still a lot of creativity and uh, design that goes into mm-hmm. it. Or is it harder to basically go f- front completely from scratch like they did with uh, Mad Max where they're building like these massive no, cars? and? Mm-mm. No, that was, a, I wouldn't even compare the two. I mean, yes, I think that I, that's one thing that I do like about the Mad Max movie is how the guys were all out there on the pole with the blood mm-hmm. line, and that's how they were basically driving the vehicles. That I thought that was kind of cool, but I definitely think in this category that the Danish girl definitely hit the nail on the head. Hands down. I, I kind of agree, or with Bridge of Spies, even though I think the movie was overrated personally, I think it also created an authentic world that I felt I could step into. I, I appreciate the design of Mad Max with the cars and all of that. I just didn't feel it as much of a world that I could step into, and I know that's not necessarily the point of a Mad Max film because it's very hyper-realistic. And it's, you, you know, I'm not looking at it as a realistic world, but a world where... I, I don't know. It wasn't just. It wasn't something as much that I felt I could touch what as much as Danish girl. Well, it's not about relating to it. It's just I didn't see as much production design in Mad Max. It was just the cars where Bridge of Spies and the Danish Girl. I felt built more of a world. Martian. I I, I could see they did a little bit, but again, it wasn't a, as big of a scale. And the Revenant. You know they. I didn't see as much production there either. It was more about costumes and cinematography to me. I mean, I I felt I could breathe the world, but I just didn't really see the production design behind it. Um, Of course, you know, they're all nominated, so they're they're all obviously earning that. Next one, original song. This one is a little bit tough because I don't know uh, some of these songs. So, Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey. I know that one. 
uh, Manta Ray, Racing Extinction. I don't know what that song is. That's not the... Um, no, that's not it. Simple Song number three, Till It Happens to You, and Writings on the Wall. So for me as a voter, I only know like two of those songs, so I would pick Writings on the Wall. Also, it won the Golden Globe. I do like the song earned it i just again is picking a who i think will win i don't think it's a oscar worthy song or writing on the wall is a little bit people are all about sam smith so i think that it will win based on that and um almost always like the easiest lock to pick which song will win coming in there's always like one big song like from Frozen or something like that. There's always one song every year, and I then, do like the Fifty Shades of Grey song. Yeah, I, I, it's I, I like it better than Writings on the Wall, but I just don't think it's a so winner. I'm just gonna go with the Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Original score. Here's another one where I'll be biased, or I just won't really remember. So we've got Bridge of Spies, Carol, Hateful Eight, Sicario, Star, uh, Force Awakens, Sicario. I can't remember the score for it. So that's my bad. Um, Bridge of Spies, I didn't think the score was anything um, outstanding. Hateful Eight was okay, but it wasn't. It was what you expect from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Although Star Wars is what you expect from a Star Wars movie too, but that's John Williams who's won like 49 awards. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip. Well, we'll talk. We have makeup and hairstyling. We only have three nominees. Mad Max. The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared, a movie I've never heard of, and The Revenant. See, that's something where I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do, you know, more with uh, Danish Girl or something like that. I don't know. It's usually the, the ones that win those awards are more of the period dramas. Foreign language film, this is the first year I haven't seen any. I don't think any of us I've seen it. I think Son of Saul will win. That is what won the Golden Globe. Film editing. We've got Big Short, Mad Max, Revenant, Spotlight, Star Wars. For my money, I'm going with Mad Max. I thought the editing is what made that film. Um, Besides, of course, the effects and everything, I think that Mad Max would have been a completely different movie without the editing that went into it. On Tom Hardy, yeah, I mean that was kind of what really pissed them off, is because they, they really had no it, idea of what the movie was. I don't know if it, because it wasn't shot in sequence when most movies aren't, and um, they had no idea what was going on. They were just told to go out and do this and do that, and um, it wasn't until it was all edited together that it all kind of came together and made sense. Yeah, they didn't even know what they were shooting on certain days. Yeah. He would just say, do this again and again, and they had no idea what it was going to look like. And, yeah, everyone was kind of a lack of faith when it came to that. Editing is one of those unspoken gifts that can really make or break a film, even stuff that I look at that I've been in projects. I'm just like, why did you not cut there? Or <laughs> it can make you look... It can make a bad actor look worse or a good actor look bad if you're just sitting there standing awkwardly and i've noticed that with some movies where people are like that acting was really bad and i was like i don't think that was the actor that was either the directing or the or one of my examples is the val kilmer batman where val kilmer the way he walks around and talks isn't that great but it's just staged very awkwardly also Documentary short subject, I don't think that... I didn't see any of these. Body Team 12, 
Chow Beyond the Lines, Cloud Lonsman, Spectre of the Shoah, A Girl on the River, Last Day of Freedom. I don't even have a guess who's going to win this one because I didn't follow it. I'm going to have to research how to find those before... Those are ones we we never watched those. I I, I think last year... I think the last two years I saw pretty much every movie that was nominated except for... Um, like a couple foreign movies and these I've never seen that um, other than occasionally I think one of these might be on um, HBO or, or something like that yeah documentary feature I'll hand this over to Heathen it's um, Amy Cartel Land The Look of Silence What Happened to Miss Simone and Winter on Fire Ukraine's Fight for Freedom um, I didn't get to see The Look of Silence which I still really want to see because I think he's blind, right? No, he's an optician looking for um, the who confronts the killer. So the movie, I don't know if it won last year, but the documentary, one of them it was nominated last year about the Indonesian gangsters, and they think that they're making a movie, and they're basically making themselves look really bad as they're talking about killing people. This is like a sister project to that. It's about an optrician that goes to confront the killers of the brother that he never met. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I want to watch it. Um, Cartel Land, I would have watched before this podcast if it was a date later because it's been a Netflix. Um, he, uh, he and I barely watched the Siberian one. It was just another. There's been so many war documentaries that were really good, like the Egypt one um, from a couple years ago. It's just kind of hard. I, I don't want to say that to make any anyone's to make light of anything, but once you've seen like one or two really good war documentaries, or the, not that necessarily is a war documentary, but a political upheaval documentary, you kind you kind of have to be creative to to top the ones that have already done really well. Yeah, and I've seen. I honestly have seen better. Yeah, like the one where the where the guy's head gets trampled over with a tank tread. Yeah, with the, yeah, that one was way better. I don't know what that one was, but it definitely should have been on here. It was way better than the. Well, that that was no, it was nominated last year. Oh okay. Yeah, that one was better. I I didn't really think that Winter on Fire was the should really be nominated, but. Um, what happened, Miss Simone? It was a really good documentary. Also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen two documentaries on Amy. Um, and, uh, the other one is just a independent documentary. This one, I think everybody should watch twice because it's really good. It's really long, too. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to win. I think it should really be between what happened Miss Simone. Probably Miss Simone should win because... She's pretty phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, she was kind of a forefronter for music, um, music with uh, the African American community, music for women. Um, so the pundits, or whatever, not the pundits, the the, the 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 odds makers think that Amy will win based on the commercial appeal of it. Although they said the look of silence or whatever it's called, they said that that might be the dark horse that wins, that it might be the better movie, mm-hmm. but just people might not be as interested in it. It's then people, it people really like to uh, vote for people that are dead. Hence Heath Ledger and other people that probably never won a, well, won a award. Simone, otherwise she's 
still alive, but she's got a mental issue. Yeah. And speaking of all all the snubs list as much this year, and, you know, it kind of reminded me again when we were watching Spotlight and how that could have been a hard movie to make based on political pressure. But the Scientology documentary that HBO put out that was extremely hard to make. I've seen better. I've seen, I, in the mornings, that's what I do. I watch a documentary every day so again i think with both the documentary as well as best picture uh there's kind of a similar thing it's it's how do you vote so for a documentary to me a documentary needs two things or it and it needs you know it depends how you want to weigh each item one needs to be how well was it made like um even though there's a lot of people that don't like um bowling for columbine and and fahrenheit 9-11 more Michael Moore. So a lot of people are like, well, he's just, you know, a big blowhard. But, you know, he, he makes pretty good movies. I, I think he fails in some ways as a documentarian because a I think a documentary should have a point of view, but it should be kind of disguised where you know his point of view, the whole movie. And you can do a lot, to, even though I agree with some of the stuff that he says, he uses a lot of film techniques and editing to manipulate his message to be a stronger message. So to me, I don't think that that necessarily makes a good documentary, um, even though that you do have to mold a movie into having some sort of tone and voice and direction. But anyway, so how well it's made and then the subject matter. So you could be the greatest filmmaker that makes the growing of of like a fungus Um you know, you, you use really good lighting and all this, but, like, who's going to care? But then there was another documentary that I watched about um, Baby in a Box, which mm-hmm. is where you can just, you know, drop your baby off in a little box um, in Asia where you... It's basically just a little... Um, Kill shelter? No. No, it's <laughs> funny. It's here, like here in the United States, where you can drop them off. Like a glory hole. At the fire station. Yeah. So what was your point? Was one of those... Nothing. Go ahead. No, what, what, what was your point? Is one of, the, one of those was made better than the other? What's the next category? Well, I'm trying to understand why, why you brought up these two movies. What's the next What category? were you comparing between these two movies? Were you saying like these are kind of the similar movies, but one was made really well? Or are you saying that these were both made well, but one just wasn't an interesting message? Um, okay. Directing, we have Big Short, Mad Max, Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Often the best director often also wins best picture, although not always. It's seldom not happened. Uh, with Apollo 13, uh, that happened where it won best movie. And... Um, Ron Howard did not win Best Director. I would like to see Mad Max win for this one. I don't... I think it might because I don't think it's going to win for anything else. So it's, again, could be one of those give-me's. I could see Revenant doing pretty well. I think the direct... I think that's the one that's going to win. Costume design. We've got Carol, Cinderella, Danish Girl, Mad Max, and The Revenant. I always think that these kind of fantasy stories, Disney, things like that, always have an advantage when it comes to costume design. Because how are you going to compare, you know, costume design in Cinderella to, like, Carol? Roadwear. Yeah. 
Um, to me, that's that's the obvious choice, although who knows what will win. Uh, Danish Girl, as Heather said, I think more than the production design, I think the costume design was, was a little bit better than the, than the uh, set design. Cinematography, I think this is a tough one here. We've got Carol, Hateful Eight, Mad Max, Revenant, and Sicario. I think all of these had great cinematography. Even when we talked about Sicario, I pointed out Revenant, I think, was my favorite part of the film, was the cinematography. Yeah. Mad Max, all of it was editing and cinematography. I mean, there was very little <laughs> script and dialogue and acting. Hateful Eight, uh, cinematography wasn't as good as I expected, but again, was pretty good. And honestly, I didn't see Carol, so I can't talk about that one. Animated feature film, we don't even need to talk about Inside Out. It's obviously going to win that. <laughs> Actress in a supporting role, Jennifer Jason Lee in The Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara in Carol, Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, Alicia Vilkander in The Danish Girl, and Kate Winslet in Steve Jobs. Um, when we did the Steve Jobs podcast, I said I think that she would get nominated. Even before I saw the movie and the trailers, I said I think she might be good in that film. She is going to be my choice for that one. Someone mentioned, in our, the same one that talked about the production, said that the co-star of Danish Girl was very good. I wasn't that impressed. I mean, she was all right. I felt her trouble. I thought the acting was okay. I liked her. Uh, my problem with Danish Girl was the dialogue, not really the acting. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee was fun to watch in The Hateful Eight. It was good to make, see her make kind of a comeback. She basically retired from acting, but Quentin Tarantino has a gift for taking um, <laughs> actors that no longer are important and getting them. Um, plus, I think he used to pump her. <laughs> um, actor in a supporting role... Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, I'm sorry, Christian Bale in The Big Short, Tom Hardy in The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies, Sylvester Stallone in Creed. So before I saw Spotlight, I picked Mark Ruffalo again because he won, no, he didn't win. Um, Sylvester Stallone won the Golden Globe, but Mark Ruffalo won the Screen Actor Guilds Award. So that one's tough to pick. Also, I have not seen Creed. I would like to see Sly Stallone's um, Golden Globe winning performance. I didn't think Mark Ruffalo was particularly um, outstanding in Spotlight. I thought he was good. Um, I think as an overall ensemble cast that Spotlight had a great ensemble. I think uh, Straight Outta Compton had a great ensemble. I would like to see what the guy looks like or, or how he what his mannerism is. The guy he's playing? Mm-hmm. Because he had that mouth thing going on, and I know that's one thing that I like about um, his acting is he really gets involved. Like, I don't know if you remember whatever that, um, the the game movie that I was watching. Oh, yeah, the HBO one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he really went there with that one, and then the um, boxer movie, too, he... The wrestling one? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. The wrestling. Catcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He really took that one on, too. So he seems to really go there when he's taking on um, a role. So yeah. So I want to see what this character actually looked like, what his mannerism was. I think he's Mark Ruffalo is one of the better kind of underrated actors. I think he's a similar category as... In a way, as Tom Hardy, where he doesn't 
when he acts, he doesn't do a lot that shows like, hey, I'm acting here. It's he disappears and becomes more of a real person that you can believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when he got cast to play Bruce Banner as in the Marvel movies, a lot of people are like, um, you can't get Mark Ruffalo. He's he's like a, a, a handsome, like confident guy. He can't play like a nerdy, um, unassuming scientist. And and I somewhat still agree. I think he's a little bit too charming as Bruce Banner in the Marvel movies. But he he, he you know he does a decent job. I, I like him in pretty much everything I watched him in. He was in that uh, movie about um, where the 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 two women. I'm, I feel so stupid when I have to talk and think at the same time. The two women that had the kids, and they went to go look for their dad, which was Mark Ruffalo. I thought he was really fun to watch in that movie. Um, who are the other ones in here? Kristen Bale I thought was good in Big Short. Tom Hardy I think is good in everything. I, uh, as I said, haven't seen Creed. I don't know who I would pick in this one. None of these really knocked my, my socks off, but they were all good. Actress in a leading role, we have Kate Blanchett and Carol, Brie Larson in Room, Jennifer Lawrence in Joy, Charlotte Rambling in 45 Years, which has just now come to Reno. I haven't seen that one. And Cerise Ronan in Brooklyn. I uh, there's This is like a 30 to 1 shot that Brie Larson does not win for this role. I thought she was pretty good. I'm kind of surprised that Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for Joy. I didn't think that anything about that movie was that great. Did not see Carol. The girl that was in Brooklyn, I think, did a decent job, but nothing award-winning. She didn't really stretch, you know. I was going to say Jennifer Lawrence. You thought she was pretty good in in that role? I I don't know. I think she's just like Hollywood's it girl right now. Just a little bit more range. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence did have a little bit of range in Joy. Um, just like I said, the girl in Brooklyn. I guess she had to play some subtle range, which is hard. Like uh, the movie was about, you know, homesickness and missing someone. That's not necessarily something that you want to act over the top because it's going to be cheesy. So, um, and, But anyway, Brie Larson's going to win that award. Um, actor in a leading role. Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. This would be funny because if you said this 10 years ago, no one, I don't think, would ever think that Matt Damon and Brian Cranston and Leonardo DiCaprio would be in the Best uh, Actor you know, nomination. Well, maybe Leo. Leo they, Leo's been chasing it for a while, and that's why I think he's going to win it because he's just one of those guys where every year they're like, "Well, even before a movie comes out, when it's um, when it's The Great Gatsby, before it comes out, they're like, is this the time that Leo's going to win?'" I remember when I they were talking about him playing Frank Sinatra in a Frank Sinatra um, doc, uh, biography. They're like, "Well, maybe that's the one he's going to win." When he was in that Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg movie, Catch Me If You Can, they're like, "Well, maybe he'll he'll get nominated win for that." People had been waiting for him. So as you talked about in your news, they are doing a good campaign for him. And I agree that a lot of the talk about even before people saw him in this movie was like, well, he ate worms, you know, in preparation for this role. And he lived out in the wilderness while preparing for this role. So a lot of it was already building up like a mythology about his acting before they even saw the film. And I thought he was good in the movie. I do think that Eddie Redmayne was better. 
Um, I don't think the Academy is going to give it to Eddie Redmayne two years in a row because, as I talked about, there's that fatigue syndrome. They don't do it with um, with everyone, obviously. There's some people that are nominated every single year, like Meryl Streep. I just don't think... I think the Eddie Redmayne winning last year was kind of a fluke. And he was also in a Razzie film, I think, this year that won the Martian movie with... Um, you know, I guess he, he got nominated for a Razzie for that. The, uh, you know, the Princess Martian one, whatever that one you talked about in your news before with Channing Tatum, I believe, was in that. You guys have any thoughts on the actors in the any of those films? I think Michael Fassbender was really good in Steve Jobs. I just don't think that he has enough to beat. We'll still go with the Danish girl. Although some people do think that uh, Michael Fassbender might be the dark horse to win that, I just think that it's Leo's that they've already given it to him, and he won, you know, every single every other award show for it. Like I said, the Screen Actor Guild, Golden Globe, Foreign Press. It's just Leo's year. They're not going to stop him. Then he can retire. So now for the Best Picture. And I will list the nominees, and I'll go back to a little bit about what I said about documentaries. Best Picture, Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. So what I want to ask you first, before you guys pick your Best Picture, is what what should be the criteria when someone picks Best Picture? Is it the most perfectly crafted film? Is it the film that was impressive because no one had done it before, like um, Boyhood? Because uh, I think that's part of the reason that was nominated. I mean, what what factors go into? Is it just like I really like that film and that's my favorite film, so I think it should win? What do you What do you think? What should be the criteria? Or when you are picking Best Picture, what are you looking at when you look at Best Picture? I would think something unique about it, for sure. No matter what it is, should be a criteria. Now, it seems in the past... So I would say that The Room would be something for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely unique. It hasn't been done before. As you said in your news, um, it's got a female, basically a woman and a kid are pretty much the only people in the movie, f- for the most part, with the exception of some other people. They carry That's That's a little bit different. It's not a big cast. Not a lot of um, size to not a lot of scope i should say you know when you look at something like the revenant or mad max something that's a little bit more epic i'm not so sure it's gonna win but i'm hoping for it because i think it was a really powerful movie so do you have a pick do you think that will that will win or is that going to be your pick for what you want to win and what 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 will win i'm just gonna go with that okay any thoughts, Matt, on what you think people should look at as for best picture, or what you look at, or so? Like I was saying before, with me, best picture would be kind of overall, like everything together. So, you know, those other uh, awards are kind of narrowing down on specific pieces of the the films, where this is kind of like everything as a whole. Um, and I think Revenant was almost there um but i think as far as everything as a whole and just kind of how everything flowed 
um, design, everything. It was probably Mad Max for me. Um, I, yeah. I think it's just, it, it, it came out too soon in the season. I think it's just going to get forgotten about. And, um, I think Revenant will probably end up winning. So when I look back at least recently to recent, not all, always, cause not really Silence of the Lamb doesn't really go in there, but a lot of best picture movies, they do seem to have two things. Generally, they are somewhat epic in scope, like Gladiator, and they also are generally somewhat epic in emotion, um, like I, I guess Apollo 13 could be something like that, even though it was another film I think was a little bit over, um, overrated. But And going along with, with what Matt said is you usually can tell what movie is going to win as through the night one movie just keeps winning every award after every award after every award and that generally happens to the movie that usually has the best actor best director then it's going to win best film as well um so i think because they expanded this category some movies don't necessarily belong in here i really enjoyed the big short i think it was a really well done movie i don't think it necessarily belongs in the best picture category I think for what it was, it was made really well. I think it made some creative choices in the movie. But just the epicness of both emotionally and the um, the subject. I mean, it's a pretty big subject matter. It was near, the near collapse of the American economy. But they didn't really play on that part as, as much on something else. Prison Spies, nothing wrong with it. Just But it's just your basic you know spy thriller. It's been done before. It was well made. Brooklyn, same thing. It was a nice kind of romantic story about a woman's struggle, but nothing too epic there. Mad Max, I think, does fit pretty much all of those qualities. Again, it I, I don't know. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. I just think because of the acting and the story not necessarily being there, I don't know how whole of a movie that it makes it. The Martian was very enjoyable. It's one of the movies I recommend to just about everyone. Like, I can't necessarily recommend Mad Max to everyone. I can't necessarily recommend The Big Short to everyone. But The Martian, I think, appeals from people that are like 8 to 80. Um, has a lot of appeal. I think was really well done. but And, and fairly epic in scope. Um, maybe, I don't know. Revenant, I think, is, as Matt said, is pretty close. It, it covers most of those other things. I think it, it will win a lot of the awards as far as directing and acting. I think that it might build the momentum to being there. I do not think that it is, had it come out in another year, I don't necessarily think that it would win. I just think it might be the best of these films because it does have an emotional storyline and it's fairly epic in scope. Again, I think the story is somewhat thin. It's basically a two-hour chase, just like Mad Max. Just and it's on foot instead of in a car. So there's not a whole lot of depth to it. I think that is the Revenant's biggest weakness. Room is, I, I like Heather. Um, if I was personally picking a movie, I might pick this because it did something to me that most movies don't in that it made me feel something emotional. However, I just don't think it's 
on an epic enough scale to win anything. I definitely think that that's more going to be Revenant or Mad Max. And then Spotlight, I think, um, is an important movie. I'm glad it got made. I think that there should be a category for like best ensemble ca- um, acting. They've mentioned this a few times in the past. There's also a documentary about casting directors that you know that those people deserve awards. The cast, the cast in The Big Short, I thought was going to be hard to beat, just based on star power and people playing the roles and interesting roles. But Spotlight, like everything, was was spot on, and it didn't leave enough room for me for anyone to stick out really because it really was an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Even more so than Straight Outta Compton, where there's a couple people that stood out. It was a good ensemble, but Spotlight was like everyone was almost even in the film. They worked really well together. There wasn't anybody in particular that was like, they did so well. Like, no, the entire movie was just really solid. So my so maybe that should win because it was a, a best most best yeah. Picture. I don't I don't think it was epic enough on a, on a global scale. Gale. I mean, again, it was thousands of priests. I, I, I don't know. It's. I understand what they were talking about was epic. It was hard to convey how big it was. When I'm talking about epic, you know, again, I'm talking about things like, like, um, you know, it's pretty big. Gladiator and and Gone with the Wind. I mean, Gone with the Wind is like an epic movie. It's it's huge. When I'm talking about the size of a movie, it's you you feel Lawrence of Arabia. You feel like. Like a, a a wave is hitting you, and I think that's what Mad Max has going for it. Um, so we'll we'll see. My bet is on the Revenant, but so then definitely Mad Max if it was a wave. <laughs> a wave definitely hit me. Um, one I thing watch that movie. I I like, even though I haven't watched it for a while, and it's definitely not geared towards people my age. But something I used to like to watch was the MTV Movie Awards because I thought that they awarded things that were more interesting, like <laughs> best fight, best kiss. Because um, I often go back and say like, oh man, that was a kick-ass fight, or like best chasing. Um, the uh, you know Godzilla when he was fighting, and uh, not Godzilla, but King Kong when he was fighting the the dinosaurs, and the Peter Jackson film. I thought it was a great fight. The second Matrix, there was like this extended chase sequence that starts in the parking garage. I thought was really great. I think those are the important awards. Best kiss. I mean, because they definitely could give a word for worst kiss. Like when they talked about like how bad um, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I didn't see a lot of it, was about the chemistry. So there's a lot that goes in to. Believing, believing in it. And when you go to the adult movie awards in Las Vegas, they have things like best anal scene. So why don't they do that with the Oscars? Like something like, um, you know, best best use of uh, hair wax. Or something. I don't know. All right. Any other, is there any other awards that you would like to see implemented in an award show? Or, you know, I kind of would like to see, as I talked about, maybe a differentiation in the best picture category. I think it's just really tough to compare some of these movies. I mean, you can't compare Room and Mad Max. They're completely different movies. They couldn't be more different. One takes place in a room without anyone doing anything. And the other one... And the other one takes place at 200 miles per hour for the whole movie. And it's just completely different movies. And how, who's to say, well, this movie is better than this one? Well, Rue made me feel something. Well, Mad Max made me feel excited. You know, I just it's just hard, hard to compare, I think. Um, well, 
it's like, and you've got other movies that are continuing to like kind of break the mold as far as you know what we would categorize movies as, like Deadpool, which is probably not ever going to get nominated for anything, but it it's breaking all sorts of uh, box office records, even Star Wars, and um, it's one of our the first uh, you know superhero movies that are actually rated R and. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah because that that is interesting because that when we talk about critic awards, it's there's always going to be a, a difference between movies that make money and movies that people think are good. Deadpool yeah. somewhere and the you know it, it got so it didn't get bad reviews, but of course, like you said, it's making a crap ton of money and um, you know I can't really compare Deadpool to some of these other movies, but there's a lot of bad movies that come out that are really shitty that make a ton of money. And I have friends that are like, everyone likes it. It's a good movie. And it's like, just because everyone likes it doesn't make it a good well, it's movie. It's like movies like Transformers that, you know, broke records in China. Yeah, Transformers is a good example of a movie that people, like, my, I have friends that'll be like, that movie's the best movie ever. It's robots with swords on dinosaurs. I was like, that's, it's not a good movie. Anyway, Heathen. Any, not, not, let's go into last call. Let me wake up my thing. Did you get some good photos? I got one. Did you get one of yourself? No, I'm good. All right, so let's go into last call. Oh, no, oh, we didn't do a rank this week. That's fine. I will rank something next week. Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. All right. Any last words, Ethan? Have a good Oscar time. <laughs> Any last words, Beer Maker Matt? No. I don't know what movie we're doing next week or if I'm doing a movie. We do see a lot of movies that we don't talk about on the podcast. As I said, we saw The Witch this time. We saw um, Hail Caesar recently. We'll, we'll see what we do next week. I think that's all I have to say. Keep it wet, everybody.
I'm bad. You could have been like Eugene and go and poop every two minutes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>